What's happening guys? Sam Adams here and welcome back to another episode of Caffeinate. I hope you are doing well. Witchy in the chat, hello. I'm awake. You surprised? I am surprised. Uh, just as I'm surprised if anyone else is awake early in the morning whenever this podcast goes live uh, later on today through Anchor.fm, a fantastic service for hosting podcasts here on the internet. Uh, but today we have some amazing news stories and if you aren't familiar with the show... Uh, essentially, I wake up in the morning. I put on this little uh, this little get up right here that makes me look like some kind of professional uh, pro- a professional something, as they would say. And I go through the top gaming news of the past twenty four hours to give you guys a rundown of everything that you need to know to make it through your day to to buy your funding, whatever it may be. And we'll see what's going on. Champion June, my friend in the chat, says, "When did your voice get so deep? What the hell?" Well, that's what happens when we leave the stream for two years. He always sounds like that. Exactly. Uh, anyways. Without further ado, I suppose we'll go ahead and dive in to the news that we have today. So we'll go ahead and start off with the HTC Vive dropping its price to $499 and pre-orders opening for the $799 headset-only Vive Pro. Uh, Razum, hello, good morning. I hope you are doing well. Uh, So, essentially, this story is coming to us from The Verge by Addie Robertson who says HTC says it will charge $799 for its new higher-resolution Vive Pro virtual reality headset, and we mean literally just the headset. It has been a minute, June. It has been a minute. I'm sorry. For those listening to the podcast later, June used to be a um, June used to be a follower and a friend back... Uh, back yeah, he used to be a, a viewer when we had 40 followers on the stream, and it's crazy to see him in here, of all times, during a recording of Caffeinate, which is mind-boggling to me, and it's so good to see him. So good to see him. I'm glad he's doing well. Thank you all for joining me this morning. If you want to watch live uh, ever uh, in your <laughs> in in your morning routine, you can check back at twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams every morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Uh, but so essentially, HTC has a brand new Vive Pro with just the head segment. Now they're designed to be swapped into an existing Vive setup using the old Vive's lighthouse tracking beacons and controllers. Meanwhile, the current Vive system will drop to $499, cutting $100 off the price. Anyone who purchases a Vive Pro by June 3rd will get six free months of HTC Vive's uh, Vive port, subscription service, and a price for a full Vive Pro kit will be announced sometime in the future. Uh, on top of this, also, the... Um, the old Vive is going to be dropping down to $499, as we said. Uh, the PlayStation VR system costs $399, I believe. Uh, so essentially what we've got here is that there's a brand new professional version of the headset coming out. And uh, and yeah, I believe this is going to be pushing towards the future of virtual reality technology because that's going to be something. something. June, I, I didn't mean used to be a friend in that kind of way. I didn't mean that in that kind of way. I'm sorry. That, that seems very bad. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the new HTC Vive is going to be pushing virtual reality to a place that I don't think we've ever seen it go to before. I'm I'm one of the ones that has been reserved about jumping into the world of VR because I just don't think the technology was quite there yet. I think there were a lot of issues that were holding it back, especially when it comes to uh, the technology itself, the lighthouses, for instance, where you have to have certain um, light sensors set up in corners of the room. For instance, the PlayStation camera has to uh, be connected to the PlayStation VR before anything can really work. There are a lot of things that hold it back, and on top of that, the headsets are just incredibly bulky when it comes down to it. They just aren't form-fitting. There's nothing that is uh, that is appealing about them whenever it comes to a specifically physical, good-looking um you know, uh, headset goes, I just haven't found one that quite 
fills those needs and so with the HTC Vive Pro it sounds like it's getting towards the point whenever it's going to be more form-fitting more able to be worn uh, just around the house where it's not something that's so cumbersome where you have a whole bunch of, of cords coming out of the back of your head like you're hooked up to some kind of machine or something like that uh, it, it will in fact push forward the evolution of virtual reality technology to the point that the common man is going to be able to play something uh, that would normally be reserved for those that are in the medical field that are practicing some kind of operation. This is going to be the next step in really pushing it to what it can finally be. Uh, it is crazy seeing how different the stream is now, champ, but if I ever get rich, do VR games, says Witchy. I will probably stream VR at some point if I ever do get around to actually getting a VR headset. I'm just not entirely prepared for... um for what all that entails and on top of that also the room that I currently work out of is incredibly small it's compact it is it is just impossible to get any kind of other giant electronics in here I just simply can't do it and so uh, to summarize all of that in one big conglomeration VR is not quite there but the HTC Vive Pro is getting it there very slowly now on top of that uh, the, the Vive itself is going to be dropping to $499 and that's going to be a pretty cool little thing to see I think that's definitely going to help in the long run. I think that is going to um, to push people to go ahead and give it a shot because although it's still not cheap, 500 bucks flat is something that's sort of affordable, especially around this time whenever you have uh, people getting back their tax returns, whenever you have people that are looking to spend a little bit of money. Maybe they've recovered from the holiday season. They're ready to have some fun. Uh, I think this could definitely be a viable option for how they end up spending that money in the long run. Uh, it's also interesting to see that they're getting six free months of HTC's Vive port, which I'm curious of what this is. Um, let's see. HTC is offering $100 off its virtual reality system on April 5th, celebrating the Vive's first birthday and the launch of HTC's subscription VR game service. Oh, okay. So it's essentially a Vive port store for $6.99 a month. Okay. So you're just getting a whole bunch of VR content. Uh, Razum in the chat says, VR chat on Steam is getting a lot of reputation at the moment. It is getting a lot of reputation. It's certainly an interesting reputation that it is getting. Um, because VR chat is pretty much where, you know, the Ugandan Knuckles meme came from, which has been controversial in and of itself. Uh, but at the same time, the game has definitely brought some attention to VR that I think was starting to kind of lapse back and not quite be where it needed to be. And so to see them actually uh, trying to gain some traction with this, to see them trying to build up some kind of momentum... Uh, is pretty cool, even if it is through something like VR Chat, which I think is where the technology really is. I believe that's kind of like the um, the origin of a of a, a true second life in a VR system. I think that Second Life could potentially come back in the form of a virtual reality experience that could actually take off, and it could end up, and this is, you know, obviously shooting my shot very, very far out in the future, it could become something like Ready Player One, where you essentially log in, you live your life on the... Uh, you live your life on the internet or whatever you want to call it, and then lo and behold, you are you are living there, and you are completely and totally infatuated with what's in front of you on your virtual reality headset. Will that ever actually happen? I hope not. I think that life is worth living out here in the real world. You know, I'm a big proponent of that, but um, it's interesting to see the Vive continuously dropping in price while also improving quality. Uh, because I remember when those original pre-orders opened, boy, that was a little bit expensive. That was a bit much. Um, but it's cool to see that they're doing this. Hopefully, it will all go well. Yeah, exactly. Sword Art Online coming to life? <laughs> yes, exactly, Witchy, exactly. Um, so I suppose moving along to the next story, this was a pretty solid addition to the show. Facebook now lets you stream PC games directly through its live platform. The company is trying to take on Twitch and YouTube in the gaming streaming space. Uh, this is coming to us from Nick Slat over there at The Verge. 
Uh, Facebook is hungry for some of the lucrative game streaming audience captured by Twitch and YouTube, and today the company announced a new software development kit designed to make it even easier to stream PC games live on the social network. The news, announced this morning in conjunction with the first day of the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, builds on previous Facebook Live developments like live streaming mobile instant games announced in December of last year, and a new partnership program to help better cater to professional streamers and build out monetization efforts launched back in January. Since 2016, Facebook has allowed Blizzard games, most notably Overwatch, to stream direct through its live platform. The company built on that feature to develop its new games SDK for PC, which will make it easy for any game developer to allow Facebook live streaming on the software side at the push of a button. That way streamers won't need any incentivize wait. That way streamers won't need any external hardware or third-party software to get live streams up and running on Facebook to incentivize viewers to stick around on Facebook and watch streams there. Instead of on Twitch, the company is also launching a reward system developers can use to grant in-game perks and other benefits to those who watch streams live. Of course, viewers of the dedicated gaming community who spend hours a day on uh, so essentially it goes on to say the people love Twitch to uh, say the people love YouTube and they don't want to move. Uh, ooh. Ooh, Champion June in the chat says, going to fly to North Carolina and we're going to watch Ready Player One. I actually have free tickets to that through work. I'm not sure. You know what? Draw me a line after this because we have a lot to talk about. I got a new job. I work for iHeartRadio now. So, yeah. Um, But going back to the story itself, this is an incredibly innovative way to start taking on Twitch and YouTube. And I think it's going to take off. But I don't know how meaningful the way it takes off is going to be. Um, I do believe that this is going to be something that is uh, that is lucrative to push the gaming industry forward. But Facebook is impressive in the fact that it is the most popular social network out there. There are so many people that are that are out there trying new things. There are so many people out there that are trying to push the boundary of what is possible uh, in the world of game streaming that to have this many people on your platform and combine that with that element, this is going to be a game changer in the long run. Uh, I was actually thinking about switching over to Facebook Live. I think that's going to be a uh, a big place in the future of game streaming. But the the problem with it is, is that whenever you're on Twitch, and this is coming from somebody who's been on the platform for a few years now, uh, whenever you're on Twitch, you build connections. Like Champion June in the chat right now. Champion June in the chat right now uh, is talking to me, and we haven't talked in a good long while. We haven't talked in probably a few months, maybe even a year or so, on a deep level. Evicer, good morning. I hope you're doing well. Um, unless it has some kind of menu system like Twitch, it will never compete. This is true, but they're working on it. Uh, the thing with Twitch is that you have genuine connections that you make with people. You have these connections, uh, that last for a long time. You genuinely make friends. You, you genuinely make friends, you know? And so when it comes down to that, you can't really emulate that right now on something like Mixer, on something like YouTube. Uh, YouTube is closer to Twitch, but you can't you can't do that right now on these blossoming platforms like Caffeine.tv, like Facebook Live, like Mixer. That genuine connection is very hard to come by, at least it is from my personal perspective. And so to see Facebook try and take this on, it's going to be difficult, especially with an overlay that is like this. Now, if you guys can't see this, I'll try and zoom in a little bit. Uh, but essentially, this is what you've got. You've got a little chat box right here, and that will show up, and you can, uh, you know, play your game or whatever you might be doing, and you can have your chat box, your mod- your, uh, you know, your moderation, all that good stuff right here. Control F to start stream. Uh, it's very interesting to see how they are doing it. I don't know that it's going to be, you know, in the long run, some meaningful kind of of content that's being made here because this is very basic if i just wanted to watch somebody play a game in 2018 it better be a really good player playing this game because otherwise i just have no interest in it uh i only like the professionals of the professionals the best of the best it is the only thing that brings me back is the fact that these people 
um, you know, are really good at these games. And so to watch something like this, which doesn't look like it takes a high skill level, I know this is just like, you know, a made up kind of game that is a concept art. This doesn't look like it would hold my attention for very long unless this person is incredibly entertaining or has an amazing voice or has an amazing voice. Let's check out what the chat's saying. Uh, Rasm says it's almost the same thing that Instagram did with Snapchat. Pretty much, pretty much, they're taking it on in a in a in a way that is uh, very interesting. Because if those of you there, there may be some people out there that don't know what's going on with Instagram and Snapchat. So essentially, um, Snapchat introduced a stories feature where it was a uh, a series of videos that were taken throughout the day that essentially disappeared after 24 hours, and those that watched got to kind of live your life alongside you, so to speak. Uh, They got to kind of see what your day was like, they got to see what you posted, and they really got to keep up with you on a more personal level. And so, uh, when Instagram saw this, they went ahead and made their own feature like this, and now, I've successfully stopped using Snapchat. In fact, I could uninstall it right now, and I would never even know that I even had it on my phone. I just simply don't use Snapchat, because whenever I used that Stories feature, there was that was the only reason I opened this, the app. There was, there was no other thing that brought me back day after day. I just liked posting my story and I liked sharing my life. Uh, and I think that over time, the stories feature of Instagram and Snapchat, not to go on too long of a tangent here, I think it is actually going to be a form of vlogging. Uh, for those that don't know what vlogs are, it's essentially where you walk around with the camera, capture your day, see what's going on. You know, you share it later on social media and you occasionally get a following if what you do is considered interesting enough. And uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to do right now on my Instagram. I made another one called Instagram.com slash Samuel Adams Media, where you can follow me, keep up with my day-to-day. I post things on there as I'm at work, whenever I'm going to classes, you know, everything outside of Twitch and YouTube. And on top of that, post things to do with Twitch and YouTube. Uh, And I've really enjoyed that. It's really built a genuine connection with those that tend to keep up with it. And so I'm planning on keeping that up. But... um. When it comes to Facebook doing this kind of thing to take on something like Twitch and YouTube, I think this is great for bringing viewers in, but I don't know that it's going to create a genuine connection. Eviser says, Facebook, unless useless for keeping in touch with friends. Yes, it, it is incredibly... Well, actually, you have a good point here, uh, because if it is useless for keeping in touch with friends, which it is, in my opinion, or at least keeping genuine connections with friends, I think that it's worth talking about. That you're, It's going to be hard to keep genuine connections uh, with those that are just finding you online. Like, if I, if I was to stream through my Facebook account, uh, facebook.com slash Media, as it always has been, uh, when it comes down to it, those connections are more than likely going to take more time to develop. They're going to take... Um, more effort on my part because you have to really keep up with what's going on and uh, and connect with the people that are talking to you because they have uh, other stuff they can be doing. They aren't invested in the space like you are on Twitch or on YouTube. Uh, Champion in the chat says, man, your whole speech about making connection through Twitch hit me in the feels. Exactly. The other day at work, I heard your old closing song, Closing Time, on the radio, and that brought back some memories. Yeah, for those that don't know, I've been streaming for a couple of years on and off, and uh, whenever I really went hard, whenever I first started streaming, I used to always uh, close out my stream to Semisonic's Closing Time, and we all really developed a good connection with that song. It was a very nice little uh, mellow tune to end it out on, and I still, every time I hear about it, which I hear about it pretty much every day because I have 90s rock radio, um, that I listen to pretty much religiously, uh, pretty much religiously. I, uh, I listen to that. We, um, we always think about that, or at least I do. I don't know about everybody else. I don't know about everybody else, but, um, yes, it's some impressive stuff to see what Facebook is doing with their Facebook live streaming platform. Will it eventually take on Twitch? That's the question. I don't think it will. 
I don't think it's ever going to grow up to where it is literally taking on Twitch head to head. However, not in the same way. I think that it could be the way that you quote unquote share your gameplay, but I don't think it's going to be the way you make your connections, build your community, etc. And I think that takes a lot more than just having a free way to share your games on a social network platform. I think that takes hard work. I think that takes um, I think that takes an in depth connection with the people that you're streaming with. I think that takes a lot of um, a lot of real entertainment talent. Really, you have to be quite the person that can put on a show. You can't be afraid to be on camera, etc. And it seems like this new way of Facebook streaming isn't really hitting any of those highlights right there. <laughs> Eviser in the chat says they could merge Twitface. For some reason, I don't think that'll work out. <laughs> but plus, uh, and I know you're just kidding, but on ba- on the back end, for those that are wondering why don't Facebook and Twitch merge, or why don't Facebook or uh, Twitch and Mixer merge, or something like that, Amazon owns Twitch, and Amazon isn't going to be giving that real estate up to any of its competitors anytime soon. There is no reason to, uh, and I highly doubt that would ever happen. Um, I would not be surprised to see some kind of new streaming platform emerge over the course of the next few years. Anything is possible, uh, but that's what I was talking about in a Twitch little discussion that I had last night. Whenever I was getting ready to go offline, uh, I was kind of being real with my people, and I was like, hey, listen, uh, we have a ton of opportunity here to really grow a platform and to um, and to try another platform and see what's going on. But I love Twitch, and I know that you guys love me being on Twitch. And so we were all discussing that. We were seeing what was going on. But essentially, everybody loves Twitch, and that's what it comes down to. It's going to be very hard for any kind of company to be a real competitor to Twitch in a space where it is so well-respected, it is so highly revered. It is just the cream of the crop, the the best of the best. That's just simply what it is. And that's that's kind of where I want to leave it right there. I mean, I, I really have nothing else to say on the subject. It just is what it is. Uh, moving along to the next story, leaked God of War footage gives the best look yet at the game's combat system. Now, I did want to, um, I did want to go through. I, I'm assuming these are a couple of clips. I'm assuming these are a couple of clips. Let's see what we've got. If they load, will they load? I don't think they will. Well, that's awkward. Anyways, uh, after a recently leaked screenshot, today's new leaked footage of Sony, Sony Santa Monica's God of War provides the best look yet at the game's updated combat system. There's about 17 minutes of gameplay footage split into three videos, which we've embedded below. There aren't any major spoilers to speak of, but you may want to skip the footage entirely if you're planning to go fully blind into the game. God of War launches on April 20th exclusively on PlayStation 4, featuring a soft reboot of the franchise where the main character Kratos now resides in the world of Norse gods with his son, Arteus. Atreus? Atreus. There we go. Arteus sounds like some kind of vain you've got in your neck. Uh, the latter will play a pivotal role in both the story, being a catalyst for Kratos' attempt to change from merciless slaughter to father and mentor, and the gameplay where Arteus uh, will assist Kratos in a number of ways. Uh, so essentially, obviously, God of War is going to be coming out over the course of the next few months, actually a few weeks now, and uh, the gameplay looks mind-boggling. Uh, Eviser says, just like all gods, never shows. Hmm. Champion says, I don't know why Windows 10 looks so beautiful. Amazing job on your layout. By the way, you've come far, Sam. Sorry if I keep distracting you. No, this is what it's all about. The The live interaction is part of the podcast, my friend. The live interaction is part of the podcast. It's taken a while to get here, but we've gotten here. We we came, We started from the bottom. Now we're here. <sighs> Anyways, with the God of War coming out on the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro, this is the perfect opportunity to really rise again. Uh, for Kratos and bring back the um, the status of being the icon of PlayStation, the face of PlayStation. Uh, 
Kratos used to be the go-to thought for whenever you heard PlayStation, people thought God of War. Uh, in the same way that now when people think PlayStation, they think stuff like The Last of Us. think think stuff like, um, like Uncharted. They think stuff like, I'm trying to think of other uh, PlayStation-branded Bloodborne, maybe? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? They have these different uh, franchises that they go to whenever they think about PlayStation. And so, God of War has kind of lost that status over the years as it's kind of been rehashed over and over again. Uh, Especially since the release of Ascension back on the PlayStation 3, it seems like the reputation went downhill a good bit. Um, But now, checking out this gameplay, which I'm not going to show on stream because obviously I export this to YouTube, it will get a copyright strike, all of that good stuff. Uh, Essentially, the way that it looks is that it's kind of like a lighter version of Dark Souls combat that isn't so gruesomely uh, challenging, that isn't so god-awful, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, It's much simpler as far as the combat goes, and it's much more uh, accessible, but it is completely and totally different. Obviously, in the past, whenever you were looking at, um, at God of War gameplay, it essentially was stringing together a giant series of button mashes, uh, square, triangle, etc., getting heavy hits, uh, soft hits, stuff like that. Dark Souls Light says if I in the chat, pretty much exactly what I was thinking. Um, obviously, there are a lot of perks, there are a lot of little powers you can use, things along those lines, but what I think is really interesting is the way that the sun is going to be uh, interacting with both Kratos and with the story itself, because there are many times, and this was mentioned in one of the articles that I was reading, there are many times in the game, uh, whenever you have a companion like the sun right here, that ends up being more of a burden and he feels like a pain in the ass as compared to somebody who is there to help you, uh, who is there to uh, assist you in any kind of needs that you may come across on your path, on your journey. But he actually participates in combat, and on top of that, he also adds a lot of the story, and he actually ties uh, Kratos down a bit. For those that don't know what's going on here, and of course, slight spoilers alert uh, for those that are trying to go in completely and totally blind, which I can't believe you would at this point because the game has been coming for so long. So we'll go ahead and back up, pause, uh, if you want to stop listening to the podcast, if you want to mute the stream for a minute, I'll clap whenever we're done. I'll go like that. Um, he's adopted, says the Viceroy. No, I believe this is actually a legitimate son, uh, if I'm to be correct in my understanding. But essentially, the way that this works is that he has been steeped in the Norse mythology, while, of course, Kratos comes from the Greek mythology. And so whenever Kratos came over and was abandoned by the gods and is now in the Norse mythology, he is being kind of... Uh, you know, commensurated, he is being brought into the world uh, via Ardeus, and so he's going through explaining the cave paintings, he's going through explaining uh, the writings on the walls, the language is being used, the the uh, mythology that is being discussed. He's going through and helping Kratos actually understand what is happening, and uh, that adds a lot of value to his character, because without that, there's no real background information. There's no real true understanding of what's happening in the story without this son explaining it all to us step by step, and so... That means that he's going to play a much more pivotal role than we all thought. He's going to play a role in combat. So essentially, he could become a legitimate character instead of being somebody who has to be taken care of, who has to be drug along uh, throughout the entire experience. It's one of those things where um, hopefully they'll do well in making him a viable uh, character to take over the God of War series later on after Kratos has died, after Kratos has moved on, something happens to Kratos, we can see more of him in the future. Uh, And it will be interesting to see if that does, in fact, happen now going on i would not recommend pre-ordering but there is a standard edition there is a collector's edition and a limited edition ps4 god of war uh pro bundle or ps4 pro god of war you can be a god of war pro though on your ps4 pro if you wanted to so of course coming out i believe next month if i remember correctly let's see um i want to see when this actually comes out 
Uh, it's coming out on April the 20th, so literally a month away uh, from the time of recording this video. It'll be interesting to see how this one is received, but if the gameplay is to be believed, which there's just a couple of screenshots there that give you an idea of what we're looking at, this is going to be one for the record books, ladies and gents. This is one of the most beautiful games on the PlayStation 4, especially the PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, will it end up living up to its expectations and its uh, and those set by its predecessors? More than likely, I think this one's going to absolutely kill it. I think this one is going to absolutely kill it. But again, that story came to us from WCCF Tech, and that was Elicio Palumbo. What a name that one is. What a name that one is. Moving on, Fortnite's biggest streamer is making $500,000 per month from Twitch. Ninja is all about, quote-unquote, investing and saving. Wise man, listen to him. Listen to him. April 20th, better believe it, son. Better believe it, son. Um... Tyler Ninja Belvins, the Fortnite streamer whose popularity has skyrocketed in recent months, is making over $500,000 a month from Twitch. According to CNBC via Eurogamer, Belvins is pulling in over half a million dollars a month from a combination of sources, but the lion's share of his income comes from Amazon Prime and Twitch Prime subscriptions. According to Belvins, a recent promotion granting Prime members Prime subscribers in-game loot in Fortnite is one of the main reasons for the influx of subscribers. Uh, Razm in the chat says, seven days later, Infinity War is going to come out after the April 20th release date of God of War. And uh, I don't care about Infinity War. I'm not a big Avengers dude. I'm not a big movie dude. And uh, that's probably something that's a character flaw inside of my heart. But uh, <laughs> it's just not one of those things that's ever gotten me going. Um, but, and I quote, I think I offer high-tier gameplay. Viewers can't get a lot of other with other content creators. He said, I'm very goofy. I do impressions and just crazy shenanigans. Uh, the combination of that, it's a hybrid. It's just really fun to watch and pretty positive environment as well. And when asked what he is doing with the impressive influx of money, Belvin said, definitely investing and saving it as much as possible. I don't plan on doing anything crazy with it right now. Uh, me and my wife are sponsoring an animal every month. Oh, that's awesome. Bel I, did, I didn't read through this beforehand, but that's that's cool. Belvins cautions those who would follow in his footsteps against putting all their eggs in the streaming basket. I maintained my job I was working and stayed in college while I was doing all these things. He said, I continued to do well in school and focused on the future of my life as well. All the kids out there, you can't just drop everything and focus on playing video games for a living. It's also becoming a very competitive career choice. You want to make sure you're securing your future while putting the extra time to make this happen as well. For more on Fortnite, read up on the game, yada, 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 iOS. Uh, if you want to play it, uh, it's available for free. It's an invite-only event. Etc. Etc. Let me talk about Ninja for a minute. Bring it in here. This man is fantastic. Um, if there has ever been a better person to represent Twitch and represent streamers on a on a large worldwide platform, uh, please bring them forward and show them to me because I don't think anyone could have replied to the questions that were asked uh, in any way that would have been uh, more beneficial for streaming in the long run, for streaming as a career, for streamers, and for himself. It is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Ant-Man, and Black Panther have been the only ones I like. I see, I see, I see. What a, what a conversation to, to be having alongside. Okay. <laughs> uh, but Ninja is one of the best people uh, that could possibly represent Twitch. The, the fact that he reacted with enforcing or, uh, or reinforcing the idea that kids should stay in school and continue going to college and pursuing their dreams while also grinding on the side uh, to become a streamer. That is what I want to hear, you know? I'm literally living that life right now. Uh, I wake up in the morning at 5 o'clock to get up and, and to wake up in time to actually put on this show every morning at 6 a.m. I'll take a shower. I'll make some breakfast after this. I'll go to work. Uh, then whenever I get done with work, I literally jump in the car and I go to class and I'm up in there. I'm up there until about 8.45, sometimes 9, sometimes 9.15 at night. It depends on what's going on. Uh, but then I come home and I start streaming immediately. 
and then we do it all again. I go to bed about 1 a.m. every morning. It is a grind, ladies and gentlemen. It is a grind. I want to make it very clear that if you are wanting to get into streaming, if you are wanting to try your hand at it, and you want to be uh, successful in the long term with it, then you have to really get out there, put yourself out there, push yourself to your fullest potential because it's very difficult when it comes down to it. It's very, very difficult to make sure that you are actually getting to a place where you can can be successful in the streaming space. It's very difficult. And I mean, I'm a man who puts a good amount of time into what he does, but I'm not by any means, you know, the next ninja. I'm not over here with with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of subscribers. I'm just here making this show, making podcasts, making YouTube videos, making streams, and enjoying the grind. And uh, and it's paying off in the long run because I've gotten a job from it. I've uh, I've you know really been the uh, benefactor of a lot of the things that I have gained through the streaming that I've done on Twitch and the YouTube videos that I have made throughout the years. And so to see Ninja coming back and saying to uh, you know do this kind of two part grind is exactly what I want. And also, as a side note, um, I find it very uh, intrusive. I find it very wrong whenever somebody is forced to kind of discuss their income and what they're going to do with it. I find it very, um, I think it's rude almost. I think that it's very wrong to ask somebody, uh, number one, how much they make, and number two, how much uh, money they're going to be putting back, what they're going to be doing with the money, etc. I find that to be very intrusive, and I don't support that whatsoever. Uh, But Ninja handled it like a champ. Uh, I think that to show that he is responsible with his money, to show that a man that's sitting here that is uh, notorious for playing a video game all day and who is loaded and who has blue hair, to show that that man is actually a responsible individual is something that not many people could probably pull off with the grace uh, that Ninja pulled it off with. And so in that sense, kudos to him. If you want to watch the full CNBC video, you can check it out right here. There will be a link to this IGN article uh, that is written by... Who is this written by? I don't know who this is. Uh, Brian Barnett. Uh, You can check out Brian Barnett's article on IGN, and within that there is a link to the CNBC video. Uh, But it's really cool to see Ninja getting the popularity that he deserves, quite honestly, and the the money that comes along with it, to be honest. You know, it's never about the money for me. It's probably not about the money for him, but to see him making this amount of money and to be the kind of entertainer and uh, and the quality entertainer that he is, kudos to him. Good job. Keep on fighting the good fight. Moving along, Rick and Morty, Adult Swim hasn't ordered Season 4 yet. This is big news, ladies and gents. This is big news. This could be a big change for the the structure of our society right now. And I quote, We are all waiting for the next season of Rick and Morty, and it looks like we've still got a ways to go after Dan Harmon told fans that Adult Swim hasn't ordered Season 4 yet. I hear you, tough spot, he tweeted, in a reply to what can only assume was a fan of the show who told him he should finish writing it already. Harmon noted that his somewhat flippant response to the fourth season uh, the fan demanded hasn't officially been ordered for season four. On one hand, it can be challenging, especially with crippling lazy alcoholism, to write a show that hasn't been ordered by a network, he wrote. I hear you, tough spot on one hand. Yeah, he, he, he just said that. Uh, so essentially, he's cracking a joke about being an alcoholic. Uh, considering that season three of the show is the most watched comedy show in history of the network's programming, it does seem a little odd that they haven't jumped on the fourth season already. We called season three the most consistently entertaining and ambitious season yet. In our review earlier this year, writer-producer Ryan Ridley said that no one was working on the show, saying that he didn't know what was going on and hadn't heard anything. I know how long the show takes to write, never mind animate, so I could be surprised. So I'd be surprised if there was a fourth season on the air anytime soon, uh, sooner than late. 2019, he said in January, they really take their time. I never understood why everybody, all parties, Dan, Justin, and Adult Swim, didn't get their shit together and make the show fast. I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sure they all have their reasons. Uh, so, this is coming to us from Shabana, 
at IGN. What a name, Shabana. Good job on the article, I must say. Good job on the article. But uh, this is really um, a unique kind of setup that we've got here. This is something that uh, I feel should be coming down the pipe at some point along the line. It's kind of strange to see that it is uh, still a work in progress and that it hasn't even been ordered yet. But it could be a response to the fact that the the um, the environment created by Rick and Morty fans over the course of the past few years is one that has been controversial. Wolf, what's going on, man? Welcome to the chat. I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the live recording of Caffeinate every morning live, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But um, it's weird to see Rick and Morty being put on the side, and I think this could be in response to the way that the fans have responded over the course of the past few months uh, to what has been going on. Obviously, they've been uh, kind of a cringy fandom over the course of uh, pretty much 2017 in general. It has become something uh, not necessarily to be as proud of as you once were. It has been uh, transformed from kind of an underlying fandom that has been just lying a little bit low. You know, it's something that you're kind of into. You're really a big fan of Rick and Morty, etc. Uh, it's weird to see that go from that to being uh, the peak of hipster culture. It's the peak of uh, of college culture, really. Everybody loves Rick and Morty, um, of what I understand. It's the stoner culture kind of thing. And it's gone from being something that's underlying to something that's in the limelight. And so when that happens, there's a transformation that happens. And I think that's what's been going on with Rick and Morty. Season 4 hasn't been ordered yet. Not because it isn't wanted, uh, because it it's not needed right now. It's kind of like if there's some kind of... um. If there's some kind of uh, traumatic event for you, like let's say that you fail a test or something uh, in school. Whenever you fail that test, then you end up actually uh, coming back and not talking about it. You don't want to. You don't want to discuss it for the rest of the day. You don't want to uh, to talk about what's happening. Uh, you just kind of want to live in ignorance for a bit. And so that's exactly what we're having here with Rick and Moore. This is or, uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> Rick and Moore. All all of the friends gathering around. Uh, Champion June in the chat says, "How much hate will I get?" If I say I've never watched Rick and Morty, I mean, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I understand that you may be disappointed um, in in Champ here, but at the same time, it's definitely not one of the shows that I feel is... Uh... Actually, you know what? I back up. I back up. Rick and Morty is pretty good. Rick and Morty is pretty good. It, it's got some really good highlights to it. I think that there's a lot of potential with it in the long run, but at the same time, I don't know how much longer it can possibly go on and continue in the same way that it has been going on for a while now. Need to see what's going on. Oh, that would be it. That would be it, wouldn't it? Yep, we're going to close that out. Beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, they're in a tough spot with Rick and Morty. We'll see what happens. Uh, will it actually end up coming back from the brink and uh, bringing a season four? I would say probably late 2019. I can't imagine that uh, that this would go away completely because Rick and Morty at its core, this this thing just, it just prints money. It's This is the sound of me making it rain. It just prints money. It just, it, there is nothing that this show can't do. It makes merch, it makes memes, it makes internet fame, it makes a fantastic show at the at the core of it. At, at the core of it. Uh, if you haven't watched it, you know, I would recommend checking it out just because of how amazing it is on a social level. It's just mind-boggling to see how uh, much it has taken off. And, um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I've got for it. It is uh, it's a cool show. Will we get another season of it? Probably not until late next year. Uh, moving along. Pat- uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is out right now on iOS and Android in the United States after it has been released in the other countries around the world, and it's eventually going to be rolling out to every single person. I'm not sure if it is out completely yet, but I have it installed on my iPhone 7, 
and uh, I have not played it yet. Do I plan on playing it? It's probably going to sit there for about three weeks before I am in the, in the middle of pooping, and I take out my phone, and I and I start playing PUBG. On top of that, it's right next to Fortnite on my phone, which I have no invite code for. Uh, so if anybody wants to hit your boy up, you know, you, you can just slide in my DMs, and, uh, and you can give me one of those, those friend codes. I would appreciate that very so muchly, but... Uh, the true Battle Royale experience is now out on your phone. PUBG Mobile is available for iOS and Android in the U.S. today. More regions will be announced at a later date. Announced, I suppose. Uh, yes, uh, here's a link as well. We can go check out the listing on the iTunes App Store. Uh, so essentially, it's pretty much the game that everybody knows and loves from the main PC version of the game. I checked out the graphics. It's all right. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's already sitting at number uh, number five in action. On the Apple App Store, it's got almost a five-star rating. I think that a lot of people probably had issues getting on uh, whenever we were, uh, you know, first getting the game installed on our phones because I couldn't, I couldn't load it up. Uh, the servers appeared to be down. But essentially, if you have anything with an iOS 9.0 or later uh, and a phone that is newer than the iPhone 5S, you can download this. And I would assume uh, that similar specs are over there on the Android Store. You can check it out right here. Let's see what we've got. Um, what's the requirement? High-quality graphics and HD audio. Sounds good. Uh, Android 5.11 or above in at least 2 gigs of RAM. It's a lot of RAM. Uh, also, there are some ratings here that show that it's not loading for some people. Uh, going back to what we said with Rick and Morty, Champ says, It's kind of the same thing for Family Guy and American Dad. I've never really watched them because they never really interested me. I would say that, again, it's the humor that isn't necessarily going to be catering to everyone. Uh, it's definitely something that is unique. It's something that is uh, that is you know slapstick humor in a modern sense. Uh, but I definitely don't think it's a necessity for your entertainment purposes. Uh, back to PUBG. If you want to download it right now, again iOS and Android, it is available right now. It's competing directly with Fortnite. Uh, but I want to talk about how it was released, how this game was actually you know brought into the limelight. And I think that it's very interesting to see that this is pretty much being released in the West as soon as it is. Uh, because of the competition with Fortnite on mobile. Obviously, PUBG on phones is free. Uh, there are some microtransactions, I believe, within the game in the form of the crates, the same as we have with the PC version of the game. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. I'm not entirely sure, but I would assume that's the way that it is. Uh, so, with this game coming out, it's competing directly with Fortnite, and um, and that's pretty much what we're going to be seeing over the next year, two years. It's going to be PUBG versus Fortnite. Maybe another game will come out of the woodwork, but I highly doubt it. I think we're going to be seeing PUBG playing catch-up, and that's what we've got here this week. I don't think Tencent Games was going to be bringing this game to the West anytime soon. Uh, but I think that with the release of Fortnite on mobile, I think that development was pushed hard. I believe that there was probably some people behind the scenes, maybe a team of 20 or so, uh, maybe more, who knows, that were working 24 hours a day to get this thing ready. I think this has been in the development cycle for a long time, and I think that it has been pushed out very, very quickly to compete directly with Fortnite uh, pretty much within the same week uh, that it has been released. And on top of that, uh, obviously, Fortnite on mobile requires an invite right now. Uh, so you can't just download the game and jump into it in the same way that you can with PUBG. So, for those that haven't gotten into the Fortnite um, beta, if you will, the invite event on iOS, then you can download PUBG, and there you get your BR fix for the next couple of days before Fortnite eventually sends you an invitation. This is their chance to get in on the mobile scene. Otherwise, Fortnite's going to take that over as well, and they'll be at a complete loss. I suppose they can just bring PUBG to the Switch before Fortnite comes to the Switch, and that would be a win-win. Uh, maybe make it cross-play with PC and, and everybody would just die eventually. But it's pretty cool to see that PUBG is making its way to mobile. Will it last over there? Yes. 
yes, I think it will do incredibly well over there on mobile. I think that it's going to be uh, right up there with Fortnite, but I think it's going to be at the top of the App Store. Uh, you're going to have Fortnite, and then you're going to be having PUBG. I think that's just kind of the way that it is. I don't think that can be gotten around. But if you haven't played PUBG, uh, it's worth checking out, I would say. Uh, it's an interesting little title. I think that I've put about 120 or so hours into it, maybe more, maybe less. Uh, but essentially, when it comes down to it, uh, it's one of those games that you're going to look back on and say, I remember whenever PUBG came out. It's going to be kind of along the lines of a Space Invaders, if you will. It, it changed the game uh, for especially the streaming space. It changed the game for where shooters are going to be going over the course of the next, I would say, 10 to 15 years. It is literally what created the trend of Battle Royale in the mainstream, and I've said that before, I'll say it again. Uh, H1Z1 kind of brought into limelight, it was still kind of in the background. PUBG blew up and and absolutely pushed this genre, this subgenre, to new heights, and to that you can't help but give them kudos, even if you have moved over to Fortnite. Even if you have moved over to Fortnite. Wolf, enjoy your breakfast, man. Enjoy your breakfast. Thanks for checking out the stream. Uh, if you are uh, hanging out, and enjoying your breakfast, then enjoy that. But have a good day at work, my man. Have a good day at work. Uh, but yes, back to the story. It looks like it is going to be ready and available for download. And that link will be in the tweet that I will have linked in the description box down below. And for the final story of the day, Atari pulls the curtain back on a new console that bridges the old with the new. Much like Bub Ooh, Bubsy's puzzling return from obscurity with Bubsy the Woolly Strike Back, there's been an air of great confusion around Atari's unexpected resurgence to penetrate the video game market with a new console. A crowdsourced campaign on Indiegogo was originally planned for the system with a modern and retro-designed variant, uh, but the project was put on hold with one key element snagged. Uh, when one key element snagged, the publisher's progress with no word since. With PC architecture running on an open Linux-based software, creator and general manager Foo Fiergel McCundle... Whoa, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Fiergel Mac... Mac... Condula? What, what does this say? I have no idea, man. I have no idea what this is. Uh, Fiergel Mac... 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 Kundula told GameBeat last year, we wanted to create a killer TV product where people can game, stream, and browse with as much freedom as possible, including accessing pre-owned games from other content providers. Now, Atari has resurfaced with a plan. The company has announced that the Atari box has been renamed the Atari VCS. More details on the console's uh, capabilities will be disclosed at this week's Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. In the meantime, the console is now accompanied with a modernized joystick and sleek controller reminiscent to the Xbox One's layout and build. COO of connected devices, mechanic, oh, mechanical, apparently, My Michael Arts said, with the Asari VCS name, we know how important it is to get everything completely right, and that's why we briefly paused an imminent launch late last year. It was a difficult decision with the uh, countdown underway, but we weren't really... They, they didn't want to release it before it was ready. That's what I'm trying to say here. Okay, so listen. Let's break this one down. This thing is not going to do well. This is going to be a disaster, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a complete and total disaster. I don't know what Atari is thinking bringing back a, a mainline gaming console in the world where PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and especially PC are dominant. 4K is being pushed. Uh, 1080p, 60 frames per second. If you're not in 60 frames per second in 2018, what the hell are you doing with your life, man? Uh, the Atari VCS, what kind of name is that? What kind of name is that? You know, it's just, it doesn't line up. I don't know what they're thinking here. Uh, the, the, the concept of it sounds cool, though. Uh, creating a, a killer TV product where people can game, stream, and browse uh, with as much freedom as possible, including accessing pre-owned games from other content providers. See, that sounds fantastic. Uh, Champion in the chat says, So, Xbox confirmed for the best controller layout. You know, I doubt it. 
I doubt it. I think what what the real the real winner here is the fact that we're getting a brand new shiny ass Atari Joy-Con or not a Joy-Con, joystick. I'm sorry, Joy-Con is uh, is copyrighted by Nintendo. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, this is not this is not going well. In fact, if you look at the build quality of this entire little setup we've got here, it's definitely ringing some Ouya vibes to me. And for those that don't know what the Ouya is, you're not alone. It was pretty much a kickstarted. It was one of the first really successful big time kickstarters. Uh, and it pretty much brought um, a console that was supposed to be the next big thing, and it ended up flopping. And I think that it mainly just did Android ports and uh, and shittier games. I think a couple of games came out of it, but they eventually came to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, and obviously, I think even PS3 and Xbox 360. I'm not sure how long ago the OEO was. Uh, but it didn't turn out well, and I think that's what we're going to be having with the Atari VCS. The Atari VCS... What 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 could that stand for? You know, I I don't like video console system V. I don't know. Like it sounds like VCR. I I get the nostalgia. I like the wood paneling here on the front, but we don't need this. And also, this is going to be incredibly cheap plastic. I'm calling it from a mile away. This is not going to be this. Ooh, God, this is going to be bad. Uh, so a release date is probably going to be coming, or at least a release window will be announced later this week at the Game Developers Conference. Will it end up succumbing to uh, to fan criticism and maybe even buckling before the thing comes out? It very well could. But this is like whenever you're playing. Um, this is like whenever you're playing Game Dev Tycoon, and something's coming down the pipe, and you know it's not going to go well, and it simply doesn't go well. This is what we've got right here. Uh, so keep your eye out for news on the Atari uh, VCS. Uh, because, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Anyways, that wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeinate. Whoopsies, that's the wrong scene. I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you did, drop me a like if you're watching later on iTunes. If you're on, or uh, I'm sorry, drop me a like if you're watching later on YouTube. If you're on iTunes, drop me a rating on the store or any other kind of podcasting platform. You can check it out there. Uh, I will have that uploaded in just a few minutes. If you're watching on Twitch live right now, thank you for joining me. Uh, for this morning's episode of Caffeinate, it has been a fantastic one. I think that if I had to pick uh, which um, which story is my favorite, I would say uh, that obviously I really enjoy these two right here. I like the Facebook gaming uh, uh, live platform is directly being integrated into games. I think that's incredibly interesting and innovative. And on top of that, Fortnite's biggest streamer makes 500k. Congrats to Ninja on being just such an amazingly you know unique dude, a one that is a genuinely quality man. And, uh, and yeah, that's pretty much where we wrap it up. So I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode. I will talk to you tomorrow and peace.